Hi, so we have a wonderful leader for the next part of our evening, Joel Pollard. And I was speaking with Joel earlier tonight, and he felt like the Lord told him, don't worry, I'll give you everything on Friday. And just everything kind of, the inspiration and the scriptures and everything just came came right in. And and I'm expecting this to be interactive as well as didactive. <laughs> you do not need to know what that means. I just like to rhyme. <laughs> so would you please welcome Joel Pollard and bless him. How's everybody doing? Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Russ. And thank you, worship team, for the beautiful experience you led us into. Ah, oh, it's so good. Oh, wow, so, so good. And the beautiful weather. It's amazing, really. It's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, for that, too. So, for those of you who have been on the journey with us the last few to several weeks, we've been going through the book of Acts and really capturing the essence and the heart of Father seen through the things that happened. You know, um, I always like to think of that we are Acts 29, because there is no Acts 29 in the Bible, but we are the here and the now of the new covenant, right? So what we're going to do, see, last time I used this, it sort of acted up, so we're just going to bless it. Amen. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go after the prophetic Yay! Okay. Uh, That flows out of Acts, right? This is good stuff. And what we're going to look at tonight is Acts chapter 2, verse 17. So what's interesting, which blew, I was just having pure bliss feast time last night when I got into this stuff. Okay, so I think most of us are familiar with this passage. This is taken... As a reference point, it's found in Acts 2, but taken back out of Joel 2, okay? And so the prophet Joel, my book, the son of Pethuel, right? Okay, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And Holy Spirit, you are blessing us in your word. Amen. There we go. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams pretty concise. I get that. But when you take another look, say, I'm going to take another look. In the passion. Bammer. There we go. Now this, this changes the context is there, but how we perceive and receive will just totally like, ah! This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. So this is an inclusive thing. And cause, and cause, your sons and daughters to prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and, all these ands and additions are wonderful, and your old men will experience dreams from God. So he's saying it's going to come from a person. It's not going to come from some, some good thought or something out, out, you know, wherever it might be. So the wonderful thing about the Passion, how many of you are familiar with the Passion translation, Dr. Brian Simmons? He, through the Passion and the books that he has 
really translated, has footnotes that you get to partake of. So I was like, oh, there's footnotes. This is wonderful because that's one of my love languages, and I love digging the etymology of different words and stuff. It's wonderful. So you're going to notice like little miniature um, letters by some of the words. And this is, the, this is beautiful. This is what I will do in the last days. A. Okay. I said, what's A say? Sorry, I'm getting to the point where I need glasses. It's okay. Reading glasses, that was. There we go. The New Testament term last days actually begin at Pentecost. And it actually extends until Jesus comes back. Right? So literally, technically, we've been in the last day for over 2,000 years. Now the signs have changed. And the signs have increased from what the Bible tells us. And continuing on, I will pour out with the letter B. Okay, what does B say? B says, or gush forth, or run greedily. The Aramaic, let's dig deeper, can be translated as this. And this is, I was just having fun. I'm like, ah, this is wonderful. I will be splashing my spirit wind, capital levers, all over flesh. All over humanity. Spirit wind. The spirit wind. Holy Spirit, yes. This is so, so good. Ah, it's okay. Be still, my heart. There we go. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And there's that, that letter C. So Dr. Simmons puts it, as or divinely appointed appearances. So when we look in the Greek word for visions, horasis, can mean this, and this is beautiful, our eyes open to have divine encounters and see into the spiritual realm. Just like the prophetic, when we dig a little bit deeper, there's treasures in the depths. We have to dig, not by our own merit or by our own ability, but we're asking Holy Spirit, who reveals Jesus so beautifully to us and keeps revealing him, show us the treasures, not of only who we are, but who other people are and what your heart's really all about, right? And to make a distinction, these are not daydreams, but they're, they're actual visions from a heavenly realm. So we're seeing into something that God already sees. This is outside our mindset of what we know as time. This is tapping into, this is connecting into, this is partnering with a realm with the Holy Spirit by our side doing it together. Right? We've said before that he's the greatest tour guide because he knows the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha and he's the Omega. So he knows where to take us. Even where it's like, hey, you missed a turn. He's like, no, not really. We're good. Just, just trust. Just trust it's going to be okay. And then D is, um, and your old men will experience dreams from God. This verse, translated from the Aramaic, is your, and I don't un- pretend to understand all this, but it, it's food for thought. That your grandparents shall see visions and your priests shall dream dreams. Right? I'm not going to unpack that. Because we're going somewhere, right? 
We are on a beautiful thing. Because the Holy Spirit wants to reveal more of who he is and who he wants to be to us through the power of the prophetic. So 1 Corinthians 14.4, you know, prophecy is to build up. It's to edify, right? So I like going back to the etymology. I'm like, okay, well, that's nice, but what does that really, really mean? So the word edify is oikodome in Greek, and that's two Greek words that have been put together. And the first part of it is oikos, which means house. And then domeo, which means to build. So the power of the prophetic ministry has the effect on the local church just as construction workers would have on an unfinished house. Because there's something yet to be completed. There's something yet to be built. There's something that is, it's like he's erecting a habitation for a greater purpose, for a greater glory, and he does it through you, and he does it through me. Right? Is this the way it is? There's, it's a non-negotiable. Right? The non-negotiables of God. Beautiful. And furthermore, it's the same Holy Spirit who spoke to the prophets. Of course he did. Holy Spirit was alive and well. He did in the early church and then even revealed to the prophets in the Old Covenant. That's Old Covenant. We have, and then now we're here in the New Covenant. So it proves to us that the Holy Spirit continues to speak. He didn't stop like a lot of my friends think he did and he's gone off somewhere. Because Hebrews 13 tells us he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so he's in the pattern of revealing, because it all points back to who Jesus is. This, is. this is a whole thing of pointing us back to and who, through the Father and through Holy Spirit, revealing who the heart of Jesus is. I love this thing now. I need to get one of these. All right, here we go. Continuing on in the Passion Translation. So the context overall is spiritual gifts, and we're going to read here what the Apostle Paul is breaking down. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he or she says, because he or she is not speaking to people, but speaking to God. They are speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people. So to build them up, to uplift them, and to bring them comfort. Because the Lord's heart, when it's really from his heart, will always bring a measure of comfort. It will always bring, I got this. Because a father who's in love with his children is always going to be rooting in their corner, regardless of what things might look like. Continuing on in four, the one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, which is, which is great, it's fine. But then Paul says, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. So it's for the building up, it's for the edifying, it's for something good, it's for something greater. We have not camped and made it a theology or a doctrine. There's more. We are to follow on to know who the Lord is, right? Ah, this is so good. Yeah. 
First Corinthians, further down the chapter in verse 31, still out the passion. For you can all prophesy in turn. That means every one of us can. We don't have to wait to have it all figured out. I think we all would miss that ship multiple times over and over if we subscribe to that theory. But he says you can all prophesy in turn and in an environment. And this is one of many, but a beautiful culture and environment where we can all be instructed because there has to be direction, there has to be the healthy boundaries, there has to be banks to a river, right? To be encouraged and to be strengthened. So our ability in him is building more and more and it's growing. There is fruit that comes out of it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just being who you are as beautifully as you can. So prophecy is for the common good, and we already have established it is for the edification, the exhortation, and consolation, and we, that's all throughout um, 1 Corinthians. So in knowing that, the core value is to train up and realize why we do what we do as prophetic people. See, I grew up doing things, but I had no clue what, why I was doing it. I, I was told to do it. I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine, you know. But in our heart of hearts, why? What's the why? Thank you for asking. Edification is to build up. Exhortation is to call near and Consolation is to cheer up. Yeah, they're big words and everything, but when you break it down, it goes back to the simplicity of a father who's madly and passionately in love with you, and he wants to communicate with us, and he wants us to remind us that, keep going, because I already see the future version prophetically of who you are, and he uses people, even people we might not like at times, and he uses situations and he uses conditions, and he does things so creatively on a platform that only he can do it, where he wants us to succeed. He wants us to be fully, you know, we, yeah, we have access to the inheritance and all those good things, but as sons and daughters who are royal and who know their place. Ah. So this is really more than a, um, this is kingdom. When we look at the totality of Scripture and we look at the context and we look at the epistles and we look at what the apostles wrote and and what they lived and their life and, and the whole thing that the Spirit of God is going after, Paul puts it this way out of Ephesians, which is one of probably my favorite book in the Bible. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what it is, the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his glorious or the glory of his inheritance in the saints, that's you and I. And what is surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? That's directed toward you, and that's directed right at me. There is a a purpose that that Paul saw. He saw something prophetically to write this down. He's like, oh, I'm going to encourage you. I'm encouraging the church. But God knew through the corridor of time that there's going to be a a body of people sitting here that could use more encouragement to step out who they prophetically are, and some of us don't even know it, which is a good, good problem to have. It's a wonderful thing. 
So being yourself. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to just be very transparent. I grew up in a prophetic culture where if it did not contain the word of the Lord, it was not really God's heart. It had to have certain vernacular, certain language. It had to be packaged a certain way and a certain color bow on top. And if it wasn't, then there was scrutiny and, and critique and all these different things. And you better get it right or else you've missed the heart of God. Now, what's so amazing about grace is that we can bless people who still are in certain um, methods and preferences of lifestyle and stuff like that. And God moves and uses in those different... I want to be very clear on that. Um, a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends um, are, embrace that, which is fine. But when we choose to knowingly and wholeheartedly want to know the heart of a father, his true intent towards us as his kids, his true intent not only when it's convenient for him, but through the long haul of the journey. We have to know how to be ourselves. That's another non-negotiable. And for so many years for myself, I tried to emulate certain people and certain things, which does, I don't believe God negates all that, but he did not design me and create me, nor did he you, to sound like somebody else. There is a chord of the melodic spirit of the Lord that we are still tapping into that he's going to play us out until we are with Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. It's going to come here and it's definitely going to be up there as well or wherever heaven is in the other realm. So we have the spiritual mentors. You know, I grew up around like Mark Sharona and and a different, very, um, Kim Clement, and just a lot of, you know, very, just do, 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 do. I'm like, oh, my, it sounds like, oh, okay, it's great. And they have very powerful ministries, but then when we came in, in this culture, which was, I thought was wacko, I'm like, oh, my, ah, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> just being true. I thought it was just, like, people were granola, the fruit flakes and nuts. I'm like, this is, this is a sort of a cereal church, and, um, breakfast tree church, and, um, but anyway, you know, we, there's people like Sean Bowles and a lot of different prophetic voices, and I'm like, what? it's so simple. It can't be the heart of a father. I mean, come on, it has to have the wow factor, and it has to have all these things for it to really be proven that it's the Lord, and he's really talking to us, and he wants to communicate with us a certain way. But when we let Holy Spirit go in and tenderize the rough spots so that we could become whole of who he really desires for us to be, then we're like, oh, this really is a simple message. It's always been a simple message. And I've been praying for myself, Lord, cause me not to make it something that it's not. Cause me not to make this something. Cause me never to prophesy out of something that is way off over here and it's, I don't know what it is, but let me tap into your heart. Let me tap, tap into the stream that you're flowing in, let me tap into who you are, person of Holy Spirit, and, and live from that place. Let me at least try to do it. And then there's the thing of self-confidence when we minister prophetically. 
but it has to be in alignment with being ourselves. And people are like, you know, I've had people ask, well, I don't know, well, how do you figure out who you are? I'm like, well, that's a process. That is a process that we have to be willing to put a yes to. It's a process that we have to constantly be willing to put a yes to. And asking Holy Spirit, let's go there together, because there's no way I'm going to figure this thing out on my own. Tried, did that, not, didn't work, um, type thing. And so in the original concept, created by a father, Papa, there are no copies, but only originals. God has never been, his heart's never been about making all these copies. He is perfectly, we are perfectly and fearfully, wonderfully made, not as a copy, but as an original. Right? So discovering ourselves on a journey with Holy Spirit is huge. This thing is, it's bigger than we could ever even know. It's bigger, it's so much bigger. Because it's the Holy Spirit who reveals all the truth. He's the one who drew us to Jesus. And he's the one who keeps on revealing and drawing us to Jesus. The truth of who we are and who God says we are. That's in John 16. And this one was really hard for me. Prophesying with lenses and filters of past experiences, negative words, assumptions, instinct, our maker-upper. I know Bill's talked about that. That our maker-upper sometimes can be right next to you know, what we're really feeling the Lord and the nudge of the Holy Spirit on. And, it, and it's easy. I've done it before. I'm like, oh, I'm going to embellish this. This is going to be wonderful. And then I get convicted afterwards. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done That was bad. And that was a long time I did that. But there is grace for that. And there's a process of learning. It's okay. I'm going to say that publicly. It's okay to make mistakes. Yes. But we want to make sure that we wholeheartedly are trying to grow and be open with Holy Spirit into a place of being whole and really hearing his heart. It's never about getting it perfect. I, I can't find that in the, in, in the Bible. I, I can't find that. But if we, the more that we are saying yes to Holy Spirit to, to not because we have to, but because we get to, big difference, he's going to speak. And without it sounding like a thing, like we have to do something, our, we want to make sure that we're tuned into the right frequency. Because yes. there's just so much that can try to get over our attention. So Holy Spirit, we're asking you to continue in however you want. Tune us in. Tune us in. Tune us in to your frequency, to your flow, to your pattern. Let us really know your voice, not just one way, because you move in a lot of different creative ways. But let us, let us, get, on, let us get on that bandwagon. Let us, let us partner with you, the person. I think a lot of us know that prophetic ministry requires risks. Uh, the first time that I gave a prophetic word, it was in a culture that is contrary to what, we, what, what is here, and I bless that. And it was in front of a lot of people. So you're scared. You're like, yow. And I felt like I was going to throw up. 
And, um, but even in the midst of all that kind of stuff, regardless of where you're at, the Holy Spirit's right with you. We, I mean, we are the temple. He lives in us. He's here, you know. He's a lot closer than we think at times. And um, so stepping out and taking risk is part of the process. And that's how we grow. I've used the analogy before that when we go into a bank and make a deposit, it doesn't require a lot. Just put money in the bank and it's wonderful. And, but if I'm going to go and invest in some stocks or mutual funds or whatever like that, there's a, there's a greater risk that is required of me to be okay with to say yes to. So I want to ask Jesus to give us confidence and brave hearts as men and women that will not be afraid to step on out, especially in our inconveniences. And I've been there, done that. I've, I've said, no, no. And then I regretted it right after. I'm like, uh, I'm, you know, the spirit of stu- stupid hit me there for a minute. Sorry, Lord, you know. And, 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 but through the process, we, we keep on learning how he wants to move in and through us and to use us as original people, just as we are. We don't have to muster something up. We don't have to fake it till we make it. We don't have to do any of that stuff because that's not what his heart is after. He's after real hearts and real daughters and real sons. He's after real relationships. He's, you know? So, Father, I just declare and release a self-confidence a self-confidence that will rise up in us. You have brought us to this kingdom. We are in this kingdom for such an hour and time as this, Holy Spirit. And we, there's a, there is a priority there. There is importance there, Lord. And we thank you that prophetic ministry is not limited to a church building or a church body. But, Father, your heart is greater that you can do beyond greater than we could even ask or think. It is so, your heart is so for the marketplace, Lord. Yes, it's for the church, it's for the edifying, it's for the building up. But there are people out there who are sons and daughters, quite aren't aware of that yet, that are just longing to get a drop on their tongue of something that tastes real good. So, Father, I'm going to ask you as a prophetic act that we would not be afraid through the spirit of fear, but we would have power, love, and a sound mind out of, uh, was it First or Second Timothy? Second. And that we would move, we would move in the strides. Can I say strides? We would move in the strides of your spirit. We would, we would move. We would move. And there would be a flow. It would be effortless. It wouldn't be something that we're like, wouldn't be about that, Lord. So self-confidence, you're a real thing, and I call you forth. I call you forth into each one of our hearts. And our emotions, very important, our, our minor will, our soul, our minor will and our emotions, Lord, that self-confidence is going to arise up in 2019 like it's never risen before because there's greater, there's greater purpose, there's this greater things in store because it's, it's, it's all, yeah, it's on your time clock, but it's always been on your heart to see us as you see us in the prophetic version of who you see us as. That was a mouthful. Jesus sees us, the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, see us 
as the prophetic version, the future prophetic version of what he has already saw. I really believe that. I had a hard time believing that for a long time. I'm like, no, yeah. This is the Lord's heart. Yes, Lord. So we establish that thing. I'm just going to condense here. So there's some personal stories I can share of the prophetic. It all looks different. It can be like, you know, the Lord really loves you, and I see a yellow flower and and a tulip, and you're just blooming forth, and um, it's, it's a beautiful thing, and the Lord just wants you to know that you are the apple of his eye, and that's a powerful word. Jesus loves you is a powerful word, because some people, the magnitude and the impact of a Jesus loves you will just create ripples and ripples of ways versus with somebody else at a different part of the journey might not have the same impact, but we don't want to negate or throw out the simplicity of a heart of a father that's longing to make the great impact, what, however that looks. So I remember, um, let's see, I have three girls, so I have to figure out which one it was. When we were expecting, no, it was, it was the first one. Uh, Bella, and um, remember, Aletta came to me, and she was just like, I'm spotting. And um, I know there's, and there, she had some other symptoms that usually are um, in alignment with miscarriage. So we, we went to the ER, and, and my walk and belief and faith to believe was nowhere where it's at now. Because I'm back then, I'm some confused guy, thinks who knows it all, some cocky jerk guy. I can say that. This is how I was. And I did in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And so thank you, Father, that you have brought me from out of that, and I'm not that anymore. So I just, you know, I'm like, whatever, and type thing. And so we go, and they do the exams, and the doctor walks out. And I wasn't even thinking. it. I was thinking probably about having a snack at the house or something, because I, the Lord actually talks to me through snacks and stuff. It's, it's really weird, but I've learned to accept it. And it's like, yes, Lord, what do you want to do in this crunchy moment? Um, and so... So I'm not even on the grid. And something takes over my body. Doesn't happen like this all the time. And I said, and she will live and not die. And we didn't even know what we were having. And I began to prophesy, which tripped tripped and freaked me out because that that was not my forte. That was not, that was foreign to me. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. And so, of course, came in and had the... um, where they check, and there was the blinking little dot. And we're like, oh, it's that blinking little dot. She's like, that's the heartbeat of your baby. And a few weeks later, we would find out that we were having a girl. I'm like, okay. And so we named her Isabella because it means consecrated to God, which we did. And so just things like that. And then the most recent one is, um, I don't even know, I might have told you. Um, so Bella, my 14-year-old, she's at a dance tonight, which I don't know if I approve of, but it's happening anyway, so I told her I would try to get her some security detail, but couldn't afford that one. It's a little pricey. And uh, with boys, those types of dances, with chaperones, of course, and stuff. So anyway, getting back to my main, my main point, uh, she, she was... Um, you know, 14-year-olds, I don't know if you've many of raised 14-year-olds. It could be a very interesting 
time of life and lots of snacks involved for me. I'm like, ooh, granola, yum. And uh, just sort of like trying to figure this out with the Lord and, and tolerating things. And um, anyway, I want to really honor her, so that's why I'm prefacing it. And she, um, we were here at church and Holy Spirit's flowing as he always does and she just starts going around and giving prophetic words to people. Now, I don't know this side of Bella. I've never seen this side of Bella. So as a dad, I'm like, oh, yay, prophetic. And I was happy about it. And um, she was giving very detailed words, I, probably some I wouldn't even give. I'm like, I'm not that risky. I wouldn't give that word. But she was just going for it. You know, I'm like, and so this was great. And, and people were receiving and everything. And so we had took two separate cars. And then that night, I'm already home. I'm having a snack. <laughs> no, I am, because I was hungry. And so I'm having a snack, and I'm enjoying my snack, which is important. You can have one, but if you have to enjoy it, right? So I'm having and enjoying the snack. And I got told this when I got home is that on the car ride home with Aletta and her, Aletta jokingly said to Bella, Hey, Bells, that's great, and the gift and everything, and God, what he's doing to you. How come Dad and I never get a word? Jokingly. And she's like, wait, Mom, the Lord's giving me something for you right now. On on, on the freeway. I'm like, okay, this is great, you know. And so she goes to tell Bella that, you know, she's like, people feel safe around you and all these types of things. And you have counsel in your mouth and yada, 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 yada. And uh, she proceeds to get this this word for me. So Bella says, well, you should wait till you, you get home and tell your dad. So I have been praying about some certain things, very specific things, as far as direction in life and all that kind of stuff. And um, she gets home, and I don't cry real easy, not because I don't want to, it's just, this is not how I'm wired. And I'm chewing my snack. (laughs) And I'm swallowing my snack. And, yeah, I'm enjoying the snack, hashtag. And she comes in, and she says, you know, Dad, I know you like business stuff and all this kind of stuff, but that's not what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, this is interesting. She said, you're supposed to travel the world and help empower pastors because that's your heart all along. And then the choking began of of the enjoyed snack. And I began crying like a little baby. I'm like, you don't know what the Lord's in. Because I've been asking the Lord. Make it really clear. And when I was swallowing the almost choke snack, I felt the Lord's heart's like, I will even take your 14-year-old daughter because you told me you're going to have to speak to me creatively. And he goes through, only how he can do it, through Bella, who's 14, and gives me that spot on word. And she has no clue because, you know, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. I'm like, hmm. I'm like, well, okay. I said, that's a spot-on word. She's like, spot-on? So I broke that down. I said, yeah. I said, you hit that thing on the target. Bullseye. Bam. So, and, you know, I don't think she really understood the the significance of the impact of what that had on me. I'm glad I didn't choke on the snack. But um, anyway, enough about the snack. Well, let's put the snack down. But I do encourage snacks. Not making a meal out of snacks, but a snack. Portion control. I'm, I'm an advocate on that one, okay? Yes, Lord. All right. 
so we're building up the prophetic. Where I came out of, how I was raised, everything got prophesied. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And so people knew, knew your stuff. And that can be embarrassing. <laughs> it depends what the prophets have, have spoke out. And uh, so when we came into Blazing Fire and we really found out what human culture was. Can you hear me now? Wonderful. And um, it, was, it was 180. And that's why they thought the church was crazy. Because it, it had to have this big thing for it to be the heart of the Lord. And so through a process of kicking and screaming, not literally, but through a, a few years, it was, um, the Lord began to peel back layer by layer. And he said, you've had a heart to know my heart. You've had a heart to know what the word of the Lord is. And now this is show and tell. This is show and tell. This is where you get to partake. And then you get to do it. It's great to see somebody do it, to do something, but it's even greater to do it yourself. So we have to, this thing is pointed back to Jesus, that Jesus is a model of fulfilled prophecy, all the fulfilled prophecy. And that was that the law had been fulfilled in Jesus. Because most of the Old Testament words were predominantly of judgment. But Jesus is already in the equation. Fast forward, he's on earth, he comes, and he fulfills the law. He takes on the totality of law, and that's where the grace is. And we see that all through 1 Corinthians 14. So now we have this New Testament. We have the new covenant that we are part of, and it's about the grace. That's what so, I always say, that's what is so amazing about grace. We're going from judgment to grace. And who is grace? It's not something. It is a person, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus is grace. And who are we? We are his temple. We are the temple where the Holy Spirit lives. And there is an ongoing dispensation of grace. There is an ongoing dispensation and manifestation of grace, who Jesus is in and through us. So the, um, the apostolic establishes the church of Jesus, the prophetic enforces the foundation, and it enforces grace. Not by control nor manipulation, but through this thing of sons and daughters, sonship, posturing and positioning ourselves of we know whose we are. And receiving that. The prophetic removes the confusion. That's all throughout Ephesians 4. And I like this. I think I took what I'm about to say from you, but I cited my source. And there we are. Uh, yeah, footnotes and bibliography and endnotes, those are important to me. Especially when you're writing... Okay, anyway, the foundation of prophecy is based on the Father's love. It's not based out of anything else. 
Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, right? So when we prophesy to people, we get to call those people which are children, which are sons and daughters of God, they really are, their true identity in Christ. We're calling that out. When you hear some of us say, well, we're, we're going to call out, we're going to call out what? You're gonna, are you going to call a number? I mean, what are you going to do? Is it DMV? Or, I mean, what's going on? Because I, I had no clue. I had no grid. We're calling out what has already been there. We're calling out the treasures. We're calling out jewels. We're calling out gold. That somewhere in there, we're calling that out because the Lord is giving us prophetic vision to see those things. So it's about bringing, and we get to bring people into a relationship with Jesus, whether it's for the first time or deeper into the revelation of who Jesus is and who he wants to be. That's why we call calling out the treasures. It's the simple message. The simple, simple message. I had it on a thing, but it's okay. We'll just put it up. Tell your neighbor we're getting there. We are getting there. There it is. So just a few things, okay. three, got it. But one who prophesies out of 1 Corinthians 14, 3, one who prophesies speaks to man for edification. So we've already established that. And we hold love. Everybody say, I hold love, I hold love. as the highest value a prophetic ministry. The aim, the target, the objective, and the goal is to love. Whether we as a prophetic people see, because we're going to see a lot of stuff, we're like, oh, okay. But that's not what we are looking for. It's easy to see stuff. I mean, people already know. I mean, people who are preferring a worldly lifestyle, they already know what they're doing. They don't need me to come and tell them what they're doing. They need an encounter with hope, with a capital H. They need hope, they need Jesus into the equation of their life so they can step into a posture and a place where, oh, this is what it feels like to be who I really am. Right? And how much freedom and rid of the, I'll just say it, crap and crud that we can free ourselves from because Jesus is wanting to take off the heavy, heavy weight and the baggage to take us to where he wants us to go. We're talking about from glory to glory that he's changing us and it's transforming us. That has to look like something. 2 Corinthians 3 talks about that. That we are being changed. We're being, there's a transformation process. And what does transformation look like? Well, we have to have a big yes in our hearts because we want to go there, not because we have to. Even with the prophetic word, we, we test those. First Thessalonians 5 talks about it, that we are to test prophecy. Just because somebody gives you a word, especially if you don't know that person, I would ask Holy Spirit for discernment and, and prayer. You know, and we say, if it doesn't fit, well, then never mind. God bless you. Um, and it sort of sounds corny and funny, but that's how we grow with anything that we try to do. You know, I've been playing the piano, let's use this metaphor, for like 35 years. You think I've messed up a few times trying to learn something? But if I let that 
mess up and that mistake prevent me from mastering that and flowing in that effortlessly, I would never get to that point. But my heart, there's something in my heart that wants to leap and wants to go out, like, I'm going to go after that. Because I, you feel the Lord's heart and his pleasure in it. It's always good to revisit the foundations and the basic of what Jesus is always proclaiming and what he's always declaring. I'm really hot right now, but I think it's fire. So it's, that's a good thing. Anyway, just sort of publicly making it out. Wow. And people say, well, what happened? Is there a mistake? I'm like, well, what happened? There's not. Well, what, I, what happens if I don't want to do it? I say, well, what happens if you want to? What happens if you want to? So Holy Spirit will not force himself on you, or he won't force himself through you, but he will give you time and time again opportunity. It might not look packaged the way that you want it to look. There was a lot of opportunity or times for prophetic ministry to come into my heart. And when I, especially back in 2008 when I came here, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. No, go away. Because I thought you guys were going to do something to me. <laughs> I'm regressing now. I thought you guys were going to do something to me and be weird. And it was going to be, it was just going to be weird. And, and I didn't want to be in any more weird because I was having a hard time trying to be grounded in a place that I didn't want to be at. It's part of the story on page 23. Anyway. So, Holy Spirit is not limited to age. He's not limited to race. He's not limited to gender. He's not limited to nothing. He's looking for people who have a yes in their spirit and like, okay, I'm going to, you know. And it's interesting how many times that I've even thought, even after we have been here for a while, that it still has to look a certain way for it to be prophetic and for it to be God. And the Holy Spirit is like, no, you, come on, let's go back, let me show you, no. And it's amazing, because for me, I love going to the grocery store and shopping, and how many people of different walks of life you'll find in the grocery aisles, and how many opportunities that the Lord will give you, and it doesn't have to be creepy, because I know a lot of people who are in the world, they, they do not like Christians because they're weird, and they, they get weird and stuff, and it doesn't have to look like that. It's like, hey, how you doing? I see you got a cane there. Oh, what happened to that? Effortless, because it's a simple thing. It's about being ourselves. It's not, I'm not trying to be somebody over here. I'm trying to be me. I'm trying to find that heavenly divine grid to tap into and to step into and to position myself. I'm like, this is more of who Joel is really called to be. It's called something stepping into, it's a journey and a process into the original design of God that I've heard encouraged her many, many times. Everybody put this on your lips right now. The most accurate prophetic voice voice. is Jesus. The 
testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. We're asking you to continue to go deep. I'm just going to go way different direction right now, but Holy Spirit, we thank you that you want to break out of our ideologies and our paradigms of what we have compartmentalized you to look like and what we have put parameters around you to sound like and how you can move. And if it fits those things, then it's you. But Holy Spirit, we thank you that you work in order and you do work in divine chaos as well. So I'm asking that you would begin through a process to remove the hindrances that would cause us to remain in a back somewhere position. Rather that you would call us forward into the placement with the authority that you've given us through direct access as sons and daughters. Lord, you said we can come boldly before your throne of grace. I think most of us know this, but I'm just going to italicize spiritually that the reason why we're not in a rush is because we rather have the embrace of the Holy Spirit here when we gather than have to follow and adhere to an agenda. We are all about the fellowship with a person. We're all about relational and not transactional because the Lord's longing for that. He will always long to be connected at such deep places with us and remain connected. And so I've been asking the Lord in my own heart to Holy Spirit, even through prophetic and and, and other um, ways, let me not treat your coming like a visitation. Let me treat and let me respond to your dwelling as a habitation. And then I begin to think of it the last probably two or three years. It sort of happened by accident. But out of all the things that I love to do that I'm passionate about, and there's, like, there's, there's a long list of things that I'm really passionate about, every time I hear the heart of Father being released through a prophetic moment, I cry. And very few things make me cry. And I'm not even trying to cry. I'm thinking about maybe having a snack or something. (laughs) An enjoyable snack, right? Big difference. And I cry and I tear up and I can't explain it. There's no grid. It's just one of those experiential things. Those other things I'm passionate about, they don't make me cry. But God's heart being resounded out and again and again and again and again and again, that moves me. Because I know he's done something 
only as he perfectly can, and he's wired something in me to have a response to his heart being released. And how much more as we, as ourselves, when we are connected in, we have tapped and connected into a heart of a father, and we choose not to leave that place, that the power of the prophetic begins to rise greater and greater and greater. And we see our sphere of influence and the atmospheres around us begin to change. It could be subtly. It could be notably. But there's change. It can't be debated because Jesus wants into the equation. He, he wants in. He wants He's really after our hearts to give us a win-win to yield a win-win. And it happens through perfect love. It happens through perfect love. And so when we are able and willing to release a heart of a father who did everything to bring us back into a rightful place with him so he can love on us, not until we get to heaven, but we can have the heaven-on-earth moments he wanted. He wants that. It's really important to him that he wants that. And here comes Holy Spirit, the great comfort, great promise that Jesus spoke about. How much more is it going to begin to affect not only our hearts but our families, the ones and the lives that we have been declaring that will come and know who really Jesus is, not as a denomination nor institution, but as a person, as a substance as Holy Spirit, who can only do it the way he can do it. I always pray or prophesy, I'm like, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do and go where you want to go. Because he knows perfectly of how he's going to do it. And then we begin to see that. And then we begin to see that it spills over into culture. And it spills over into our cities. And it spills over into... America, we need a visitation and a habitation of the Holy Spirit in America like never before. Like never before on every crack, crevice, and level in this, in this great land that we call home. We need Holy Spirit. We need to continue to posture our hearts and to release those prophetic decrees and, and release the Spirit of the Lord in the declarations that there is the promise over this land. And how much more... We've done it in certain different ways of going and, and doing the prophetic partner with different ministries around the world. But how much more could that affect the countries and the geopolitical climate? And we've heard a lot of you know, our friends and ministries here that this is happening in a lot of countries around the world and a lot of the nations because the earth is groaning and they're crying out and they're putting demand on the heart of God for the sons, for the daughters and the sons to rise up to the occasion. For them, there's an invitation that Holy Spirit is resounding in our hearts. He's resounding in our spirit. We can say Holy Spirit. He's like, right here. And that's the beauty of it is the intimacy. And I believe it's not by work nor merit or something we have to try to muster up that the, the, the more that we want Holy Spirit in our hearts. The more that we are after him and we will lay down whatever it is to maintain that intimacy, 
we're going to hear his heart so much clearer. So much more clear. Because we have chosen to remain in that place. We have chosen not to make it visiting rights. And you can come and visit me when I only want you to. But we can have it be this ongoing dynamic of relationship with Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to throw five, six, seven, and eight plans out the window and move on to the next. Here we go. Word of knowledge. I got this word of knowledge last night. I'm not making this stuff up. I was having a snack, an enjoyable snack. <laughs> I, I really was. I, I like snacks. No, I don't overeat, but I'm just saying. had to put it in perspective. <laughs> and I saw a phone. Okay, for those of you who are old enough to remember, remember the phones with a receiver? Remember the rotary phones? You had to go, and go, you had to wait. You didn't just push. You had to wait for that to come back. All right, so I saw that phone. And I don't know how many of us here, God has, has called us. God has called us, and the phone's ringing. And we hear it. We're like, oh, that's somebody calling. But we haven't picked it up yet. And he began to show me that there are so many of us who I have called through the power of the prophetic, that I've called through the, through the word. And for whatever reasons, we're not picking it up. And so I begin to see, and the Lord's like, oh, I hope they pick up this time. You ever heard somebody talk about it? It's like, yeah, they, they didn't pick up, but I called again. I was just saying, oh, I, I really hope they pick up this time. And that's the heart of a father. Oh, I really, because there's so much he wants to not only tell us, but there's so much he wants to hear from us. And he wants, it's not a dialogue. It's not a conversation. He wants fellowship. And it happens through these intimate, intimate dovetails of how he can beautifully do it. And so I was, I was just seeing that really quickly last night. I'm like, well, that's really good. And so whoever, if that's you, I just want you to agree with this, that Lord, this is the time where we're going to pick that phone up. It's time to pick the receiver up. And for some of us, I'm going to go way out on a branch. It's, 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 it's so easy to give, but it's really hard to receive. To be the receiver. It's easy to be the giver. But receiver, I don't know about that one. So, Lord, would, you, would we trust you enough? Would we trust your heart enough to let you into the place where we know you are for our good? You are for our good, Lord. There's uh, prophetic words many of us have gotten. And yeah, some of them take years to, to come to pass or even to come to the surface because we think it's been weighed down by something in the water. And I was even sharing with some people a few weeks ago a word that I got back in, I got back in 2006. And every time I listen to that word, I cry. And I know why I cry because it's something that's wired in my DNA and my destiny and I can't let it go. And it grips me. 
because it's part of the trajectory for my life. And how much more that some of us have had a word spoken to us, and we know it's the Lord's heart. There's no doubt or question about it. And But for whatever reason, whether we don't want to get rejected, we're afraid, embarrassment, fear of failure, fear of success, whatever it might be, we're like, I'm not going to pick that up. Yet we know it's the Lord. And he doesn't come and he doesn't shame us because a father is not about that. He doesn't guilt trip us. He's really not about that. He just wants access. He wants into the places where he is longing to go. More than our time in worship or more than our closet prayer time or whatever it might be. Hmm. And so in that, in that thing, we're going to do a... Um, we're going to do a fire tunnel tonight because we can. No snacks, though. Just fire tunnel without the snack. And, um, but I felt the Lord, in, in this main vein of what I'm, I'm talking about, um, in this picture that he showed me, he said that many of you who identify with that, when you walk through, he said, your destiny will be reestablished Your destiny. Destiny is not a destination. It is part of the whole journey to where God keeps on taking us to. I used to think, well, hopefully someday I get there. And God's like, no, you're you're not getting that. Let's go back together. Because he really wants to show us. He's a show and tell God. He really is. He's not trying to like kick us to the curb and us trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Or there would be no need for fellowship. But he's like, no, I want to do this with my, with my son. I want to do this with my girl. Fathers like doing that kind of stuff. I mean, in the natural, I love hanging out. I take my girls on dates, one-on-one, and they have expensive tastes. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. Father pops, he's into that. He likes, he likes you. He likes you. He does not hate you. And how do I know that? Because he went and he literally moved heaven and earth to get us back, to redeem us with a cost, to redeem us with a price. And that's why we keep on pointing it to who Jesus is. That's why we call out these treasures. We call out the treasures. I've gotten prophetic words before. I'm like, I wish they really hadn't prophesied that because now I'm sort of PO'd. That did not sit well with me because I was not at a place even though I want it to be, to receive the truth of a father who loves me. I wanted to do my own thing and do it my way and on my terms. And nobody's going to persuade me. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how many snacks you have. You will not persuade me. <laughs> but when we come and we, we, through love and through process and time, even if our parents in the earthly realm are not perfect, God says, it's okay. I'm not going to force you. I'm going to take my sweet, sweet time. Because we have, you know, I hear him say we have all the eternity together. But he's not waiting for us on that day to get it right. He wants, he wants in now. He wants in the equation of what we call life now. He wants in the equation of our drama. He wants in the equation of things. And I'm thinking, how much more if there are people who are sons and daughters and they quite aren't aware of that yet. They really want in. And they are in. 
And he raises people up as you and I. To beautifully reflect Papa God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I just want to, um, I want to repeat that. And we can um, maybe make, make like a fire tunnel, like people on both sides. That those, even that those of you who are declaring what I was talking about earlier about the phone and, and picking it up, or if you've just been feeling funk, that's F-U-N-K, in your life where, God, there has to be something more. There has, something has to give, something's got to give. That as you walk through, as you are originally who you are, and you're being yourself, that God is going to release something. There's going to be a breakout, a breakthrough. There, that your destiny is going to be reestablished. I really believe that, that that's the Lord's heart.